I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. Look at the love for him. Kid right there has never missed a start, Jim, his entire career. Welcome, you are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, and joining me in the second segment, Brian Sutterer, MD. He is a doctor, Twitter doctor, actual real-life IRL doctor. He is going to talk to us about Chris Osprezingis' meniscus surgery, so we will talk all about that. But before we do that, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKDOWN, you'll get 20% off your next order with Built Bar. And before we get to the finals and all that stuff, we'll talk to Brian, all that kind of stuff. I just want to say, man, big thoughts, big prayers go out to Dak Prescott. I mean, I know a lot of you guys aren't Cowboys fans, but the ones that live in Dallas that are Cowboys fans, incredibly gruesome injury. I would not recommend going and looking it up. It's just one of those where his foot was turned the wrong way. Incredibly brutal injury for a guy that has just been nothing but class since he came into Dallas and been part of this Cowboys organization. (sighs) Wish he would have been paid the money that he deserves, but... Thoughts and prayers go out to it. That was what the intro uh, the intro bit was about, was Dak Prescott. So thoughts and prayers go out to him. We hope that he has a quick recovery, comes back, and uh, hopefully the, leads the Cowboys to a couple more wins. But that's what we wanted to mention at the, at the top here. Uh, all right, let's get into the NBA champion, Los Angeles Lakers. Now, for those of you who listen to the podcast a lot, I'm going to try not to be obnoxious. I'm going to try not to, you know, you guys listen to the podcast enough to know that I'm not gonna just going to flaunt it and all that. But... Los Angeles Lakers win the title. They win game six, 106 to 93. It should have never made it to a game six. Hats off to the Miami Heat. Good Lord. That team fights and fights and fights and fights and fights. Honestly, watching all those games, I don't know if the Heat were fully healthy, if it's not going to a game seven. I mean, I I think it absolutely is going to a game seven if the Heat are fully healthy. Uh, and maybe the Heat come out and win, right? Like, they that team is just absolutely insane. So let's talk about the Heat first. By the way, we'll talk about we'll talk about this game a little bit. We'll bring Brian Sutter on for the second segment. And in the third segment, I want to bring up something kind of interesting. Looking at these two teams, we've tried to look at the playoff teams and the Final Four teams, basically, and say, what can the Mavericks take from this? And so I want to take that a step further and do that into the finals because for the Mavericks... That's the new standard, right? Like getting to the finals and winning the finals, maybe winning a playoff series first is the the standard next year. But that's the goal now to get to the finals. You have a top five player. You have an all time type player in Luka Doncic. You have the second star. You have a decent supporting cast. You have a championship coach. You have all the makings of a team that can get there. So I want to talk about the makeup of a team that makes it to the finals, what these two teams taught us about and showed us in this finals run that can kind of inform what the Mavericks should do roster-wise, building-wise. I'm going to do that in the third segment. But let's just talk about these two teams. Again, Miami Heat, incredible. I think that maybe besides Lou Dort and Jamal Murray, I think Jimmy Butler like boosted his stock more than anybody. I, I went through recently on Twitter and I said, Jimmy Butler has to be top 10 in the NBA right now if you bring back Durant and Curry, right? So you have some kind of top nine that includes LeBron, Kawhi, Giannis, Durant, Davis, Harden, Luka, Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, right? That's your top nine, I think, at least. 
And then Jimmy Butler, I think, is is definitely in that list. The guys that you can, you know, that you can compare and say, well, maybe these guys are over Jimmy Butler. Maybe these guys are in the top ten and not Jimmy Butler. Nikola Jokic is the number one, right? It, that kind of just depends on what type of player you want. What are you looking for? But Jimmy Butler's defense, plus now this this shot making that we saw from Jimmy Butler in this final series, I mean. I didn't see it coming. I didn't see Jimmy Butler as being that kind of guy. Maybe I should have considering the run that he tried to make with the Sixers last year, but he was just making crazy shots, especially in game five, especially in that other game where he had that 40-point triple-double. I mean, absolutely wild. So Jokic is one of them. Paul George, no question. He's not better than Jimmy Butler right now. Jason Tatum, depends on the night kind of, uh, but I don't think he's better than Jimmy Butler right now. And Joel Embiid. I haven't seen a lot of proof that Joel Embiid is better than Jimmy Butler right now. Uh, other guys you can mention, Brad Beal, Chris Paul, Jamal Murray, Donovan Mitchell. I mean, there's just not many other guys you can mention. Kyrie, Westbrook. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not taking any of those guys right now over Jimmy Butler. Maybe Jokic. So Jimmy Butler's e- either top 10 or top 9 in the NBA right now. Absolutely wild that we, we are at this point with Jimmy Butler now. He, is, uh, he definitely ascended. He's at a different level now. Uh, the rest of the Heat, they, you know, caps, hats off to them. Uh, the moment seemed to be pretty big for Tyler Hero. That was a huge thing with Goran Dragic out, which absolutely sucked because as Mavericks fans, you, you know, we love Luka Doncic, obviously, which then in turn you love Goran Dragic because he's Slovenian as well. And so seeing him out and then seeing him hobbling through this game six, trying to you know, give them something. I mean, what an incredible, just gutsy effort from Goran Dragic. But he's out, and so Tyler Hero is tasked with, you know, going out there and starting at point guard and being, you know, the second offensive engine for this Heat team. Maybe even the first, because Goran Dragic was kind of the offensive engine for this Heat team the whole playoffs. He was their leading scorer. Uh, But Tyler Hero goes 3 of 10 in this game. He was not good in the last game. He's just... Uh, it was just a little too big for him, but he had an incredible run. Duncan Robinson, the threes this kid can make. I mean, good Lord. Um, Bam Adebayo, I think, went to another level. He was great in this game. 25 points, 10 boards, 5 assists, 2 blocks. So uh, hats off to the Miami Heat, to their to their squad, and we'll see what they do going forward. They're kind of the team right now that's up there for all these big-time free agents in 2021. They just made their case, right? So if you're a Mavericks fan, you're looking at this team saying, man, that's some pretty stiff competition. <laughs> to uh, get some of these free agents, Giannis or you know whoever else you want. But I think that Miami team has shown a lot. And I think they proved that they were the best team. A lot of people you know, said, man, well, the Bucs should have made it. The you know, Celtics should have made it. No. Miami proved that they were the best team in the East this year. Absolutely. I think that's another thing that they proved in, in winning those two games against the Lakers when they were undermanned and all that. So, and they went through the Bucks, right? It's not like they didn't go through the Bucks anyway. So, hats off to them. Incredible season. Uh gut-wrenching loss I think for them. They uh man, just <laughs> what a wild the, the final score did not show how uh, far apart the, these two teams were during this game. The Lakers had a 36-point lead at one point. Moving on to the Los Angeles Lakers. LeBron James, 28 points, 14 boards, 10 assists. He wins his fourth title, his fourth Finals MVP, his third title and third Finals MVP. Uh, with a different team. He becomes the first to ever do it. Kawhi had a chance to do it. He didn't. LeBron James does it. Incredible, incredible. What what an incredible peak from LeBron. I mean, just, you go from even his rookie year, maybe his second year, maybe you say his peak started his third year when he finally made the playoffs, but his peak has gone on his entire career. And I think that 
if you're a person out there and you've probably even already skipped to the next segment if you're this type of person, but if you're the type of person that just sits around and hates on LeBron and doesn't appreciate what he's done and what he's you know done in the NBA and his play, uh, I think you're going to regret it. I think you're going to regret it in a way that somebody that hated on Jordan or somebody that hated on you know Magic or Kareem or Larry Bird or one of those guys, you're going to regret it. So just appreciate him while he's still around. So it seems like he's going to come back. Uh, but... He decides to come to this Lakers team. He takes him to the finals, wins a title. Uh, in the year that Kobe dies, I mean, for, for a franchise in a city that is just run by Hollywood that has, you know, silver screen and roll is their, like, blog team, their blog team right over at SB Nation, right? Uh, and Lakers and Hollywood and all that stuff. They have Hollywood Knights jerseys sometimes. For this team to win that year with, you know, LeBron leading the way, I mean, what a movie script. It's just absolutely a movie script for this team. Uh, Anthony Davis, I think, proved that he's a championship-level type player. I think a lot of the Pelicans fans, maybe they were just spurned and hurt, but they were saying a lot of really bad things about Anthony Davis when he left. Now, obviously, he left their team and made them all mad, but... He proved that he can be, you know, a championship team. And we'll talk about one reason why Anthony Davis is, you know, so important for the Mavericks to look at going forward in the third segment. But hats off to this team. I don't have anything else to say. I'm not going to say anything nice about Rondo on this podcast. I know much better than that. But where did this Rondo come from? He has, He's like this weird 25% player. I talk about this all the time. You have 100% players like LeBron. They bring it 100% of the time. You have 50% players. They bring it every other night where you can expect a good game out of them. Rondo is like this weird 10% player, where, but every 10% is like an insane game. It's just so weird that he had, he had 19 points in this game. But coming up, we're going to talk to Brian Sutterer about Chris Hapsporzingis' injury, so stick around. If you're questioning why they waited this long to do Porzingis' meniscus surgery, we answer that question. We talk all about it in the next segment. So, But before we do... A healthy life includes a healthy sex life, but if you struggle with erectile dysfunction, you may not feel like your best self. If you want help with ED, Roman connects you with a real U.S. licensed healthcare professional that can prescribe the medicine that you need. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED from the comfort and privacy of your home. Imagine, you just sit there and you don't have to ask a buddy or ask your your partner or whoever for help. You can get somebody that actually knows what they're talking about. That's why we talk to Brian Sutterer all the time because we want somebody that actually knows what they're talking about. So go to roman.com slash locked on to get $50 off your first month of ED treatment, a free online visit and a free and free two day shipping. That's getroman.com slash locked on for up to $50 off your first month of ED treatment. Getroman.com slash locked on. All right, and welcome now our resident Twitter doctor that is actually a doctor that can really answer your questions. I love when we have an injury with the Mavericks and all of a sudden people tweet me and say, are you, are you bringing on Dr. Brian? Is, is Brian Sutterer coming on? He is right now. Brian Sutterer, uh, excellent YouTube channel talking about all kinds of injuries and all kinds of sports. He's uh man, you're, you're killing it over there. I saw recently uh, some of those MMA videos you do or get like insane, insane viewership. So if you guys are interested in anything else, go check out his YouTube channel. I'll put a link in the description of the podcast. But Brian, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Nick. Always a pleasure to be here. All right, let's get into Christoph Porzingis' injury. So we've talked about this before, but I think we'll, we'll just reiterate everything from before. So uh, Christoph Porzingis, they're calling it a lateral meniscus tear of the right knee. They called it a tear at first in this recent um, PR release. They 
talked about with his you know surgery. They just called it an injury. Uh, but explain to us what a lateral meniscus tear of the right knee is and how that's different from an ACL or something like that. Yeah, so there's two meniscus or menis- menisci, I guess would be the plural, within the knee. There's one on the inside, kind of half of the knee, that's the medial meniscus. And then there's one on the outside half of the knee, that's the lateral meniscus. And the meniscus is this sort of cushioning, almost shaped like a C type of structure of um, cartilage type tissue within um, the knee joint that basically helps to provide kind of some cushioning to the joint whenever there's pressure through it. So the ACL, the MCL, those are ligaments that run between the bone to provide more stability within the knee as somebody runs and jumps. The meniscus is more there to provide sort of cushioning and some shock absorption through the knee whenever you put pressure on it. So the tear that he has is in that outer meniscus within the two inside the knee. Okay, and so I think that one of the big questions was, well, he suffered this tear in game one of the Clippers series in the playoffs. Why was he still able to kind of play through it and uh, and work through this kind of injury if it was a tear like that? Yeah, so there's a lot of different types of tears, I think is the most important piece of that. There are some types of meniscus tears where your knee becomes basically locked in place. One of the biggest questions that we ask patients who come in when we're evaluating for a possible meniscus tear is does the knee ever lock or get stuck when you're trying to move it? And so somebody comes in where the knee is basically, you know, you try to extend it and it just gets stuck or it gets locked in position. That's a very concerning thing where we're going to be much more um, eager and, you know, necessary to get them off to a surgery. If somebody has a much milder meniscus tear, they might not even have any pain from it. They could have it and not even know that it's there on their MRI. There's a lot of studies where they'll do MRI scans of just active people's knees just to see how often we see these incidental findings. And it's actually pretty darn common to see little, you know, degenerative little tears, small little changes within people's meniscus who have no symptoms whatsoever. So, you know, Porzingis could have had it. It might not have been causing any issues. Suddenly it did cause some pain. Maybe it got a little bit better. That kind of could have been the whole back and forth that the team was having with, you know, could he play the next day? Could he not play the next day? Because a lot of times in those types of tears, it can just be a matter of how your symptoms are. Yeah, because we saw a lot of, you know, oh, Porzingis is out with knee soreness, right? I think he missed a whole bunch of games at the end of the season for knee soreness. And so you're saying without an MRI, they wouldn't have known that this was any kind of, you know, meniscus tear. Is that what I'm I'm hearing? It's possible. Yeah, there's a lot of times, too, you know, we see an athlete and, and they have pain and really nothing on the physical exam stands out to us. You know, they're still able to run, jump, do their basketball or sport activities. Maybe even you get an MRI scan and you just don't pick up a tear. I mean, these tears are, in some cases, extremely, extremely small. And when you get an MRI, it's basically doing slices through the body. And so you could, you know, depending on how the cut is through the different imaging sequences, you might just miss something or it could be so small that you don't really pick it up. Um, So it's not really a surprise at all that he kind of had this back and forth, you know, did they know it was there? Did they not know it was there until all of a sudden maybe one day it it suddenly lit up and everything fit together where they could say, okay, this is the cause of your knee pain. You know, now we kind of have a specific plan we can go after. Uh, Another big question from, you know, their announcement that Porzingis had surgery. And I remember you answering this before, but just reiterate it for new listeners. Um, Why did they wait so long for Porzingis to have this surgery? So he has the surgery in October and game one was like forever ago. I mean, why did they wait so long for them to, to do this? 
Yeah. So there's some injuries, you know, that no matter what you need surgery, you know, you tear your ACL, you're a high level athlete, you're going to surgery, but there's other injuries where surgery isn't necessarily a slam dunk. Like you have to do it. And anytime you can avoid cutting into the body, especially if somebody who's a younger athlete, you want to avoid doing a surgery because there's all kinds of other risks that are associated with surgery aside from just, you know, how they play basketball or play their sport later on. So you always want to give the athlete the best chance possible to recover without surgery. And so we exhaust all conservative options. You know, I think the Mavs are big proponents of doing things like PRP injections, basically anything they can to try to get the body to heal itself so they can avoid surgery. But now clearly, I think this has been about, what, six weeks or so. Um, They feel like it's to the point where doing things without surgery isn't going to get him better. And so now it's time to pull the trigger and have the surgery. Is there any concern that they decided to have surgery? Is you know it didn't just heal on its own? Would it be more positive if it did, or is it just you know it, it, the healing process is what it is? I don't think it's concerning. You know, it's actually a, a little bit reassuring to see a team that you know I'm sure most of them are doing this, but a team that doesn't just jump to surgery right away. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes there's this thought like, oh gosh, let's just go in, clean up the knee, do a knee scope, get you back out there, have surgery. But to see a team that actually devoted a good trial period of conservative care without jumping straight to surgery, I think shows a lot of you know great patience on the part of that medical staff. The interesting thing, I know we talked about this uh, last time I came on, was you know the key was going to be with a surgery, did they do a repair of the meniscus or did they mm. trim out a piece of the meniscus? And I noticed, <laughs> I think this is just a testament again to how good the MAPS medical staff is. In the press release, they just said to address a meniscus injury. They didn't specify meniscus repair, partial meniscectomy, meaning they cut out a piece of the meniscus. And you'll see teams, you know, with Zion, we knew that they cut out or trimmed away some of the meniscus. The Mavs are probably intentionally withholding a little bit of that information here, um, you know, to not really give one way or the other which they did for the meniscus surgery. Yeah, that's interesting because then, yeah, because we you read into all those little words and it just to us looks yeah. like, oh, he just had surgery. <laughs> and uh, maybe it means nothing. You know, you never know. True. It could have just been somebody writing a press release. I mean, it'll be pretty easy to tell. You know, I think the season starts most likely. It's looking like January, you know, is probably going to be the time frame. So if Porzingis had his meniscus repaired, where they basically go in and try to, you know, sew up the tear and keep all the meniscus tissue. That's usually a multi-month recovery process, as opposed to just having a piece of the meniscus trimmed away or cut out. That's usually on the order of like weeks to months. So if we see him back really quickly, probably more likely that they just trimmed out a piece of the meniscus. But if we see that it's going to be, you know, a two, three, four month absence, that's probably more evidence that they were actually able to repair the meniscus, which I would say is a good thing. Interesting. So if he, if he is ready earlier, then we're feeling we're feeling pretty good about it. Which you know, well, we, we would be maybe the other way actually. So that so the so the repair is a longer absence. Mm. But if you repair it, that means you're able to salvage or keep all of the meniscus tissue, which you want to do. You want to keep as much of it as you can. You know, if it's just a tiny little, very small portion that they trimmed out, that's certainly not as big a deal as they have to remove a larger piece of the meniscus. But the more you go in there and start shaving out, cutting out, trimming away pieces of the meniscus, the more you kind of change those biomechanics of the joint. So while Mavs fans probably don't want to see, you know, Christoph Porzingis out for three months, if it means that they're able to maintain all of the tissue in that meniscus and suture it back up, I would argue that could actually be a better sign. 
because that keeps all that shock absorption inside and you're not removing any of it like they did with Zion, which kind of concerns you a little bit more. Right. And again, you know, it depends a lot on just how big that tear is. You know, this could be such a small little thing that even if you have to trim a piece of it out, it's not going to make that big of a difference. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you have to think down the road if you start seeing these guys go back for another knee scope, another knee scope, and then they kind of pile up. Eventually, you can get to a pretty, you know, stage late in your career where you've had so many of these that you have removed a pretty good piece of that meniscus. So, yeah, you just keep sewing it up and it's just all sewing and uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Brian Sepper, thank you so much for, for joining us we'll put a link in the description of the podcast for all of your stuff and uh, hopefully we won't have to have you on much more but you know things happen yeah hopefully not um, but you know never know it's always good to help teach your listeners a little bit and it's it's neat to see that people are uh, always interested to learn more when this kind of news comes out so it's always a pleasure to talk with you absolutely go check out his YouTube channel I'll put it in the link in the description of this podcast Coming up, we're going to talk about what we can learn from the Mavericks team building perspective wise from the two teams in the finals. Just an observation I had watching these last two games. So we'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, Built Bar, they're the best tasting protein bar on the market out there. The best tasting one I've definitely ever had. Covered in 100% chocolate, a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They have incredible flavors, double chocolate. The uh, mint brownie is really, really good. They also have these Built Go uh, pouches now. They have caffeine and protein in them. Man, they really, really help me get going when I need uh, just a little pick-me-up in the afternoon. They're incredible. Built Bars are incredibly healthy. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for a keto diet. For example, the new flavor Cherry Barcia, 10 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs in a protein bar. That also, did I tell you, they taste like candy bars. They really do. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, MFFLs, let's get into some talk about these finals and the players that played in the finals. So, thing that I mentioned and noted on Twitter was that there are only so many big men playing in the finals still, or at least playing the last couple of games. Uh... Dwight Howard got benched. He didn't start game six. Alex Caruso started game six. Uh, Kelly Olenek, after having a couple pretty good games in the finals, got benched when it mattered most. You have JaVale McGee and Myers Leonard. They can't even get close to the floor. JaVale McGee was their starter. The Lakers starter the whole year, and JaVale McGee didn't even sniff the floor. Uh, Guess what? Myers Leonard, the exact same thing. He was their starter for most of the year at center, and then he goes to the bench when it mattered in the finals. So the thing that I noted from that and what we can take away from the finals for the Mavericks is that centers just don't matter as much in the finals. Now, I'm not making this big case that the Mavericks should just punt on all their centers and that they should uh, you know, just completely go guard-heavy, Houston Rockets-style, small ball, skill ball, all that. A couple people kind of took it that way, but the only big men in the series that are able to play are these super-skilled, all-star, special-type guys, Anthony Davis, who I mentioned earlier, obviously, and Bam Adebayo, who... Bam Adebayo, by the way, is like... When you watch him, and he's the same size and relative build as LeBron James. And LeBron is a point guard and Bam is a center. Just The NBA is so crazy right now, uh, which I guess kind of happened with Magic Johnson. But it's just it's wild to look at those two guys and think they play such different positions. Uh, but the Mavs don't need more big men. That's kind of my whole thing. They don't need any more. So anytime we're talking about this offseason... If you're trying to bring in, I can understand maybe a Serge Ibaka or somebody like that. It's a little, he's a little different in that, in that area. He can defend the rim. He can kind of defend in space and he can, you know, shoot the three, but the Mavericks already have four guys 
And you don't really need any more than four. That's kind of wild. You don't need any more than four, basically. Because Porzingis is going to end up playing the five for you if you when you go when you make it to the finals. Now, during the playoffs, I still think that a guy like Dwight Powell, guy like Boban can be really effective. But I think once you get to the finals, I think that of the players on the Mavericks roster right now, if they played the finals tomorrow, I don't think Boban's seeing any minutes. Maybe you get him in a one, two-minute shift here and there, but both of those teams, Lakers or the Heat, are just going to completely expose Boban. They're going to go at him. They're going to have Boban's man come up and set a screen for the ball handler, and then he's just going to get completely destroyed and pick and roll. I mean, every single time, which is one of the reasons why Kelly Olynyk didn't play. People were wondering why Kelly Olynyk wasn't playing, and that was the reason. They're just going to destroy him every time. And then he also has to go defense, you know, he also has to defend somebody else. So, um, one-on-one if he if that person gets the ball. The thing that I think is important for the, the Mavericks is that Boban and Dwight Powell, I think, can be used in a playoff series, and you have you have to have those guys to get there, right? The Lakers had JaVale McGee on their roster. They had Dwight Howard. The Heat had Kelly Olynyk and Myers Leonard. They had to have those guys to get to the finals. You have to have those options, right? We've talked about this a lot with the Clippers series. It would have been great to have Dwight Powell, and I still stand by this. It would be great to have Dwight Powell, and the Mavericks maybe would have won that series if they had Dwight Powell in the Clippers series because... He adds that other element that none of the other guys can't, you know, that none of the other guys have. But once you get to the finals, you punt on all the, on those, those options, right? That that elite pick and roll is just not there because the teams are way better coached in the finals. They know what you're going to try to do. They're stunting. They're getting in front of the roll man. They're disrupting. They're, you know, defending at the rim well. They're communicating and all that kind of stuff. And so it's much harder to do that. And so once that's taken away, kind of like Dwight Powell, what else are you going to do with him, right? Like he can kind of defend in space. He's not really a rim defender. Uh, so once that's taken away, his elite skill is taken away, that it makes it much harder to justify playing him more minutes. And so anytime the Mavericks are adding somebody, I don't want it to be a big man anymore just because you, you want to get to the finals, right? That's the goal. And so this team has such high expectations. Now the goalposts have moved for a good reason. The goalposts have moved because this team got better, because this team was better than ex- expectations. And so we, they need to add. I feel like every time we talk about this, we're just beating a dead horse or beating a, a horse we wish we had. But they need 3 and D guys. They need more defenders on the wing. This, this Lakers team has defenders. Now, they don't have as many defenders on the wing, so maybe we can take a look at this Lakers team and take some some uh, you know take some notes. However, they do have LeBron James, who's been locked in defensively all playoffs long and basically all season long, so it's kind of an outlier there. They also have Anthony Davis, who's maybe the best defender in the NBA. He got second in Defensive Player of the Year to Giannis, but I would take Anthony Davis over Giannis probably defensively. Uh, so those, that's kind of an outlier. But this Miami team... Has Jay Crowder, they had Jimmy Butler, they had Andre Godala they could throw out there. Even Derek Jones Jr. they threw out there sometimes. Solomon Hill they threw out there sometimes. They have these wings that they can throw out there. They can defend at a decent level. And I think that's what's more that's what's the most important. To have these options. And even have some of their guards, right? Uh just just throw out some of these guard options. The Lakers, I think that's where you can take some some ideas. You, you have a bunch of these guards you can throw at people. KCP, you have Rondo who can play defense sometimes. <laughs> you know, Caruso plays defense pretty well. Uh, Avery Bradley would have been awesome to have for the Lakers, uh, and they won a title, you know, without him. But uh, those are the guys that I think that you can never have enough of once you get to the finals. I think that's m- more of my point. You can never have enough of those type of guys. Guys that can credibly shoot, obviously, credibly defend, 
credibly dribble the ball <laughs> at any point and uh, and just be out there and make the right decisions. I think that's super important. And so that was really my only observation with that uh, that thing that I mentioned about centers and big men. It's not that I'm, I'm trying to punt or get rid of Dwight Powell, get rid of you know Boban. It's that if the Mavericks' goal is the finals, then you got to add more. Got to add more in the wings. Got to add more guard types that can defend. Have to be a better defensive team. I've been harping on this all offseason. I've been Derek Harpering it all offseason. But that was my point with that. Looking at the you know centers that were there. Guys, we'll be back tomorrow. I'm going to be talking with Ryland Stiles from the Locked On Thunder podcast. We're talking about Chris Paul. Talk about the Thunder, where they're going. And so you definitely want to hear that. Hear us talk about that. I'm probably going to go on Locked On Thunder as well. So if you want to hear me talk about the Mavericks over on his podcast, feel free to subscribe to that and listen to that as well. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Mavs. Peace out. Boom. The goat, according to kids under 12. A man with a brow well endowed. Even in a gigantic bubble, the league was never in doubt.